Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat, a show where I interview business executives, talent development professionals, and thought leaders to find out what has been successful and challenging in the world of talent development. My objective is to share ideas, valuable lessons, tools, advice, and trends. My hope is that all of this will ultimately help you, the listener, expand your knowledge, grow your career, and accelerate your success as a talent development professional. Welcome back to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I am so grateful that you are joining me today for an interview with Lori Emmerich. And Lori is the founder and principal of Aspen Group Consulting, a leadership and inclusion consultancy. She is a master practitioner for the Wiseman Group, delivering keynote presentations and experiential workshops founded in the research published in Multipliers by Liz Weissman, a book that I have recommended many times on this podcast. And of course, we've had Liz on as well. She also serves as an adjunct professor at Portland State University in the School of Business. Lori brings over 20 years of experience as a catalyst in leadership and board development, diversity and inclusion and organizational development. Her experience inside Fortune 500 companies and nonprofit organizations include Nike, Intel, Boeing, Kaiser Permanente, and serving on nonprofit boards, providing a unique portfolio of expertise that she offers to partners and clients. And during her time at Nike, she had a global initiative to integrate multipliers habits into the core accountability. And she is a truth teller and delivers insight and solutions that probe deeply beyond the surface. And someone that I know is very passionate about diversity and inclusion and has done a lot of work there. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So Lori, welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. Thank you, Andy. I'm very grateful to be here. And what a cool opportunity. So thank you for having me. Yeah, really great that we got connected and uh, we chatted, uh, I don't know, a week or so ago and just had that instant connection. I knew you were someone that I just want to talk to, can probably talk on and on. At some point, I have to turn on the, the recorder so that we can make sure to record the, the best of the conversation. So I, I shared a lot of your, I shared your bio and a lot of your background there, but uh, I'd love for you to fill in a little bit of color and tell us how you got to where you are today. Well... You know, the bio is an interesting thing where you're, you're expected to write down on a sheet of paper kind of who you are and who you would like, sometimes who you would like to be in the world. But all of that said and done, my most kind of where I'd fill in the blanks is really around my work isn't really in the space of trying to bring different perspectives, different thoughts, different ideas to a table to really come to outcomes that no one thought possible 
and whether, and oftentimes working even with leaders one-on-one, really getting them to think differently about their roles and about kind of their own solutions and path forward. So it's a little bit more about what I'd share. One of the cool things I also do that I'm super proud of that is in my volunteer space that I think is one of the most important things I do right now is um, I volunteer for an organization called Children's Cancer Association here in Portland, Oregon. And one of the programs they run is called a ChemoPal program. And I have been blessed to be matched with a little two-year-old girl named Rosalind, who is just an amazing, courageous, strong, vibrant, young little girl who is battling cancer, battling leukemia. So my role is to be her pal as she goes through multiple years of chemo treatments. And it reminds me every day how precious our lives are. And I'm learning so much just about resiliency and courage and gosh, you fall down and you can pick yourself back up every day. So that's actually one of my most most important things that I do in my life today. Yeah. And it puts a lot of things in perspective when you think about what's really important in life. And I know you have two children, two grown children, and then you're, you're helping this little girl. It makes a lot of the corporate stuff seem not nearly as important, right? As some of those things. But I do want to, to dig into a little of the work you did in, in corporate America. I think that's what is often relatable and what people want to learn from. So can you tell me a little bit about the work you did at Intel and Nike? Yeah, my work at Intel was focused in the space of organizational development, really kind of the broad umbrella of organization development from leadership, really building. We had launched uh, back when I was working there, there was a a key initiative uh, focused on a really intensive leadership program. And I was one of the leaders of that program and facilitators of that program where where we took top leaders within an organization and did some intensive coaching with them along with week-long immersion programs uh, for an entire year. And I also did a little bit of working with teams and team effectiveness work there as well with leaders and their direct teams. My work at Nike really spanned, you know, almost 15 years of my career, which is a pretty significant amount of time. And the coolest thing about my time at Nike is I held various roles across primarily the HR function, except when I worked in our diversity and inclusion team, working directly for probably my most favorite multiplier I've ever worked for, Gina Warren, who was our vice president of diversity and inclusion at the time. She reported directly to the CEO of the company. And so it was a separate organization when I was there. And we had a freedom to really try and test and experiment and explore new ideas and concepts and really trying to embed the idea around inclusion and tapping into everybody's genius on the team. And it really led me to understand how irregardless of the diversity that you have on the team, if you fail to include that in some way, shape, or form, you'll never get to the outcomes that an organization is desiring. If you work in talent development, you know that your job has become more important than ever. The problem is there's so much uncertainty and noise out in the business world, and things are changing so fast, it's hard to know where to go and what tools and resources to use to solve your problems. That's why I recently launched the Talent Development Think Tank community as a central and safe place to access information, ask questions, and talk with other L&D professionals like you so that you can achieve your goals and accelerate your career. 
Join today to get instant access to our online platform and community of ambitious, helpful talent development professionals who understand your world and can help you solve your problems. Right now, I'm offering 25% off the subscription price to podcast listeners. Just go to talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT for 25% off. That's talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT. Thanks, and on to the episode. So I remember you told me that when we first talked. So regardless of the diversity on the team, doesn't matter how much diversity you have, if you fail to actually include everyone there, then you're not going to get the results that you want to achieve. So tell me more about that. Because I know you have, a, you have a formula as well that I wanted to dig into, which was uh, diversity plus inclusion equals innovation. So what do you mean by that? D plus I equals I. So you bring brilliant, diverse talent. So focusing on dimensions of diversity, the seen and unseen dimensions is how we ended up kind of categorizing it during my time at Nike. And the scene are the, you walk into a room and you can make some assumptions about person's gender, about their race, about their ethnicity. So those are kind of the scene, but you don't know the unseen. You don't know the place they grew up. You don't know their religious background. You don't know their veteran status. You don't know any sort of disability that they may or may not have. All of the unseen characteristics, you don't know their educational background, but that's all just sitting there waiting to be tapped. And organizations have focused so much on the diversity, like the metrics and what's been reported in corporate annual reports is really around that big D, you know, the gender, the race, ethnicity. But what about everything else? What about the smaller D, which really makes up the inner being of who we are? So the unseen characteristics. Tapping into that and including all of that smaller D in work that you do is the inclusion part. So the diversity plus the inclusion, figuring out ways to utilize people. Do you always go to the same teammates on your team for solutions to a really big, periodacious problem? Do you always tend to go running with the same group of people? Do you Have you formed your own in-group, out-group? All of those biases that show up in an organization that we need to just be cognizant of and be aware of that if we continually act on our biases in a way that excludes people, you're never going to get the genius that they can bring to the table to a solution that you're trying to solve. So there's been some brilliant work that's been done around the D plus the I equals inclusion. And uh, it started in the space, some research that we did and came upon Deloitte's diversity and inclusion work. And they there was an article written way back in like 2010 around, is that inclusion I see in my soup? Something like that. And it was a pretty great research study that clearly showed that if you are a culture of inclusion and you're tapping into all the diversity that you have in front of you, you're going to definitely generate different and innovative outcomes. So for example, you and I, Andy, come from different backgrounds. I don't know enough about what you bring to the table other than the bit that we've learned about each other. But I imagine that if we threw out a problem on the table, something around, let's say, let's create, you know, what does leadership, what does the a leadership experience, a virtual leadership experience look like hmm. in two to three years? Yeah. And your experience and my experience are going to be very different. And how we go at that, like if we both are included in the solution, we're going to come up with something pretty cool and innovative. 
it's not the one plus one is two, it's the one plus one equals three times whatever we generate. So the diversity and inclusion of both of us is can be a, a pretty cool outcome. And figuring out how to do that inside organizations, instead of like breaking down the barriers of always going to the same people or always, you know, even outside your own organization or your own function, who are you tapping for new ideas? Are you bringing in new talent that you brought into the organization and asking them for their input and their insights? So are you providing equal platforms for everybody to participate and feel engaged in generating ideas and solutions? Yeah. So what you're saying is a lot of companies are looking at this diversity statistic, this big D, right? And how diverse are we? Have we done a good job of hiring more uh, non-white males or whatever it is that they're looking at, right? To, to have a more diverse workforce, how many different cultures we have represented or geographies or male-female ratio, whatever it is. But they also need to look at, are those people actually included? Where are ideas coming from? Do they feel comfortable speaking up, sharing ideas, trying new things? Are they equally as respected? Probably look at pay as well. And is that you know on par? So it's not just about, do we have different people in the room? Because if the different people, the minorities, if you will, in that particular population are not included, then they're probably going to leave and you're not really getting new ideas from them anyway. Yeah, it's, it's about the design, the way you design tapping into everybody's knowledge and expertise and creativity. And do you have a culture of that? So I was listening to one of your previous podcasts and the concept of psychological safety. So are you truly creating psychological safety for everybody? to um, be able to share and lean in and comment and do it in a way that it's not marginalized or minimized, but really welcomed. And it becomes additive and the mindset, people want to come to work, you know, because they've got brilliant ideas and they, and they believe like, hey, irregardless of my diversity, I'm really smart and capable and I can share some brilliant ideas and they can be leveraged and they may not all get used, but that's okay. I felt like I was included in helping generate solutions that definitely lead to more innovative outcomes. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, you've got the group of you and I coming from different backgrounds are sharing ideas and we're working on a problem, that virtual leadership program, whatever it is, and we need to share some different ideas. One plus one is greater than two. If we come at things from the right mindset that we respect each other and listen to each other, and especially if we use some great innovation techniques, like I'm a big fan of design thinking, we use something like yes and, where I'm not shooting down every idea that you bring to the table, right? Or not clouding your judgment with my own ideas. Maybe we're even silently coming up with ideas and then figuring out how can we build on each other's ideas. I find that that can be really helpful, but a lot of companies are not really doing that. Yes, and I think if you and I even just did a so, Andy, based on, you know, I know that you are leading a new, you are going to be launching your own talent development kind of conference. And so, who have you brought to the table to help think through what is going to be included in that conference? So, I'll challenge you a little bit. Has, is it the same people who you've always been part of as a talent development experts? What about those outside of talent development? What about the engineer who may have, you know, somebody who goes to the conference, they're going to be the recipient of what the learning is. Like they might, you know, somebody goes and they have to come back and teach the engineer what to do as a leader, kind of shift their own mindset. So who have you thought about outside of the typical 
person on your team. Franz Johansson did some really amazing work around the Medici effect. And we delivered his work at Nike years ago in the, from the diversity and inclusion space. And it really is what I think sparked the idea initially of D plus I equals innovation. But he talks about bringing very disparate mindsets and expertise areas together to really come up with, you know, do a design thinking uh, activity with them and see what, see what's possible. I love it. I like that challenge to think about, okay, are you getting ideas from people with different perspectives that are, and diversity is not just about race or gender, but hey, I'm throwing an event about for talent development professionals. Have you talked to anybody outside of talent development? Have you talked to people from engineering? Have you talked to people from some other function or some other industry? And uh, I would say the answer is mostly yes. I could probably do better, but I have been talking to anybody and everybody who will listen to me about my conference coming up, the Talent Development Think Tank. And uh, I asked uh, a lot of people for feedback on my, in my network, on my email list. I've got a coach and a group of entrepreneurs I belong to, a couple different groups where no one else is in talent development. They're in different fields. And I've asked them for advice and ideas, particularly around marketing it, but also like, what would you like to see out of a conference? And I probably can do that more, especially in the corporate space, asking people outside of talent development. So if you are someone outside of talent development or inside, and you're listening and you have ideas for my conference or what makes a great conference, I'd love for you to send me an email and let me know, reach out, connect with me on LinkedIn. But let's get back to you, Lori. So I'm working in a large company. I am listening to you and I'm nodding my head and thinking, yes, we have been really focused on diversity, but we're probably not doing a good enough job of including people of making sure that we're challenging them to get ideas from different people, different perspectives, making sure everyone's ideas are heard. What can we do to change that, to change the culture in our organization? Culture is an interesting topic in and of itself. People choose oftentimes to go to work for a company because they believe they understand what the culture is and they get inside and they're like, this isn't quite what I thought it was going to be. But oftentimes it's not so much the culture, but it's the team and the leader that they interact with and engage with on a day-to-day basis that makes them feel welcomed or not. So I think part of it starts with what is the core tenant of expectations of who you are as an employee within that company. Are there values that are truly lived? I mean, Zappos does an amazing job of really articulating their kind of core values. Intel does a great job of it. They teach you on day one, you walk in the door, here's what's expected of you. And they teach you on what the core values of. Nike has maxims that everybody, you know, there's awards, annual awards based on those maxims. So as a company, how are you articulating what you want and expect out of individuals who are part of your team. I think it starts there. Can you articulate what your expectations are? And can you describe your own your culture in a way that it brings people in? Or they decide, you know what? Not only your culture, but your core mission of who you are as an organization doesn't align with me. And so regardless of the sex appeal of the brand is what I call it. Like people go to really cool brand companies, but regardless of the sex appeal of the brand, is it a company that lives true to its values and its culture as been described. And you're talking about innovation. We were both talking about innovation earlier and you want to get as many ideas as possible and people be willing, feel like they have the power to share ideas, to challenge different things. 
Are there any things that you've seen work in companies you've worked with or for that has allowed them to create a more innovative culture? Because I feel like a lot of companies talk about the importance of innovation, but then they're not doing the right things to create the culture for it. Well, I think innovation also has its own interesting, like lots of different definitions of what that means. But I think that in the terms of D plus I equals innovation, it's something that we never thought possible, whatever that outcome is. It could be you're redesigning a new benefits program. And um, who are you bringing to the table? Who are you inviting in to really participate in helping generate what a new benefits program might look like? I think the whole concept of design thinking or really designing for the end user in mind is a great way that companies oftentimes will, they'll bring people from outside the industry in to help solve big issues. I was working in healthcare for a short period of time. And one of the cool things that we did was there was a, they were building a new medical office and the design firms actually did what they called a design charrette. And I think that must be a regular type of a, a forum that big architectural design firms use, but they bring disparate people. You know, it could be a member who's going to get served by that healthcare center. It could be somebody who is, isn't definitely members outside. It could be members of the community where that medical office is going to be placed. And they bring them together and they use those people to help them design what the inner kind of the flow of the inner layout of that medical office and then design for what are the services that we're going to actually provide at that particular medical office. So adopting the mindset of like an architectural firm, like do a design charrette, which also, uh, you know, that's what I've seen some companies do and do it really wildly successful. Then there's a level of ownership and people are proud of the end result. They may have had one small part in it, but there's a different level of ownership that, that happens when you have gotten to have a say somewhere along the process. So important. This episode of the Talent Development Hot Seat is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the first place to call when you need leaders to lead, sellers to sell, and your business to flourish. We specialize in connecting organizations with exceptional learning solutions to help them turn strategy into action and get their people doing the best work of their lives. And we're also proud to be providing tons of great content and inspiration to you and everyone out there during troubled times. You can go to advantageperformance.com to find any of our weekly webinars, insights, white papers, and blogs we've been putting out to help you survive and thrive during challenging times. That website again is advantageperformance.com. And now back to the show. Lori, from a talent development perspective, what has been your greatest or proudest accomplishment in your career? I think for me, one I led, co-led with an amazing colleague. I led a big initiative at Nike to redefine the core accountabilities of the role of a people manager. And we were, that was, it was basically, what are the core accountabilities of the role of a people manager? So that was the big question we were trying to answer. And 
nobody told us how to do it. It's like, okay, well, how are, what do we need? How are we going to go after this? What are we going to do? Who do we need on our team? Who's a disparate people who we could pull together? We created this amazing small team and everybody who we basically tapped and they said, yes, I'm in, but they did it as an additional part of their already very full jobs. And then we created this advisory team based on managers and leaders who were known within their own organizations as being great leaders and great people managers. And we came across research from Liz Wiseman. And she had just published Multipliers, first edition of Multipliers. And we invited Liz in to come and help us think through how do we infuse multipliers into our core accountability as the role of a people manager. And what's really cool is not only did we define the accountabilities, but we created a system around it. So multipliers became an infused and an embedded part of the four core accountabilities, which are lead, coach, drive, and inspire. But then multipliers' habits are embedded within each of those four accountabilities. And then an entire system got created around it where uh, there's an upward feedback system that's now in place in the company where employees get to provide feedback based on those core accountabilities. So there's a culture that's been embedded around what's expected for people managers within the company. There's training that goes along. We launched a whole new training program around it. Um, We brought Liz, became a big keynote speaker at several senior level leader events across the company. So, and it still sticks today. You know, it's had some different iterations of it, but the tenets of lead lead coach, drive and inspire and being able to see that work still at play at Nike makes me really proud. It definitely, you know, and it had everything to do with just the really amazing team, people who believed in what we were coming up with, but they helped us generate it. So they bought into it and it's still there today. There's, uh, yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. That is really cool stuff and changing culture, changing people's careers and lives. And I'm a big fan of Liz Weissman and her work. Multipliers recommend the book many times. And of course, I think she introduced us. So I got to you via Liz after I had her on the podcast. And of course, I am also certified a facilitator for multipliers and run a business simulation on that. So if anybody listening wants to bring multipliers into their organization, I'd be happy to talk to you because it can absolutely be a game changer. And if you are a fan of Liz, she is the keynote speaker at our conference, the Talent Development Think Tank in November. So come check that out because she's going to be sharing some awesome wisdom. So Lori, that's a great accomplishment. What has been your biggest failure or mistake in your career so far? And what did you learn from it? I think that my biggest, I got lots of failures, but um, I think my biggest failure was I was working as an HR business partner, which is really assigned to a pretty amazing leader at the time and his business unit. And through a process that was not super high tech at the time, we were still doing some spreadsheet work to gather final ratings, performance ratings for employees in the company. So I had my little spreadsheet of all the employees that were in this one organization that I was HR business partner for, highly confidential data. And because I failed to sort out the leader, like himself, when I shared with him the results, like when I said, here's the roll-up of the, of the annual performance ratings. Here's where we are. It had every employee in his organization included. And I failed to exclude him. 
So he was receiving a rating that was a surprise to him. And he, unfortunately, his name was on that spreadsheet. So I learned quickly that it was a surprise to him. So a couple of things I learned from that. One, it was a surprise to him. And first I was like, oh my gosh, shame on his boss for not telling him. Yeah. Well, there was, there was a process. There was a plan. It wasn't intended to, you know, there was definitely, he had this great leader that he was working for, somebody who I highly regarded. And so it wasn't an intentional mistake, but it was a big mistake. Like you should never receive a performance rating, especially if it's something that you're unexpected to receive yeah. from anybody other than your manager. So that I've always like, to me, it just reinforced the importance of being candid and open and give feedback along the way. Like that is shifted my own behavior about my honesty, about performance mm. in others. And just admit your mistakes. I mean, right away, I said, oh, I said some really, some not such nice things and apologized. And I said, you know what? I need to just pause this conversation right now. I need to go and actually have a conversation with your boss and let him know what I've just done. Because I shared information that wasn't mine to share. And I could blame it on the process. I could blame it on lots of things, but I had some key learnings around that as a leader and just admit your mistakes. And his boss, I thought for sure, was getting, you know, his senior leader in this company. Yeah. Or he was going to say, go to my boss. But none of that happened. Like he was, he was basically like, so what would you do differently next time? I was like, So yeah, the power. I would take it out. Mistakes, and then always be truthful and let people know if there's something yeah. that's not in alignment with what their own expectations are around performance. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great share. I love the honesty and vulnerability of that of sharing that mistake. It's something that all of us could have made, and a great lesson from it as well. To yeah, share along the way, a gone get away with from these like annual surprise performance reviews, coaching and feedback along the way is the way to go. Honesty, transparency. So yeah, really appreciate that, Lori. Are there any? Um, I know you're you're not in the corporate world anymore, but you're working with some clients. Any big trends that you're seeing that are really affecting how people are doing talent development or you know the way people work these days? Yeah, one of the things that I'm I'm really continuously seeing is just the importance of bringing, of having team members in the room to have raw conversations, to be really around teams, building teams and effective teams and the role that a leader has in that. So Patrick Lencioni's work around, oh, the teams, why am I totally blanking on his book? Um, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Thank you. I'm like, where's my book? Thank you. Anyway, he talks about trust being one of really at the foundation. And I'm seeing more and more organizations really focusing on building effective teams and putting energy in that space and doing it more in the action research space, action learning, doing it real time, as opposed to sending people off to like classroom training. It's how do you learn from the experience and from being in work together. And so that's one of the, and really focusing around teams and the role that a leader plays in those teams. So I think there's a a shift at all levels of an organization to the importance of effective teams. Love it. And yeah, and and having your teams be effective is so important. And that's a classic from uh, Lencioni, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Uh, Is there another book that you often recommend or has made a big difference for you? 
when I started working more closely with Liz and her, one of her most powerful learnings as a leader that she had years ago is just the, the power of questions. And so Michael Bungay-Stanier, I think is how you say his last name. Anyway, he wrote The Coaching Habit and it's around, it's ask, say less, ask more and change the way you lead forever. Um, it's a book I keep around because being curious and being, I don't think he's the one who said it, but be interested, not interesting. So first of all, be interested in what others... Yeah, first be interested in order to be interesting. Yes. And so I think that he really provides a lens to think about, start with asking questions first. And there's um, kind of levels of questions that you can ask people to tap into their own ideas and thoughts. And so I, it's just another one that I continually kind of have in my back pocket is, and of course, uh, Multipliers by Liz Weissman. I have to give a plug for Liz. And she's just continuing to do some brilliant research in the field. You know, she's a researcher at heart. And so she's continuing to do some brilliant research. So I imagine there will be another book from her in the future, not so far. So, in, you know, she, what I love about the way that she writes is it's all through stories. So you learn through the art of stories and, mm-hmm. and um, the heartaches and the, and the successes and the victories along the way that leaders have. Yeah, those are my favorite books. Is I love learning through stories. I think a lot of people do. I just had a guest on Peter Lynch who talked a lot about the power of storytelling and why leaders need to get better at that. And I think those books do a great job. So if I just function the team, Multipliers, which has a, a lot of great stories, I always recommend. Um, and The Coaching Habit's been recommended a lot. In fact, Liz also introduced me to Michael Bungay-Stanier and working on getting him on the podcast at some point this year as well. So uh, exciting stuff. Last question for you, Lori, for anyone working in talent development that's looking for ways to accelerate their career and get to the next level or be more successful, what's one more piece of advice you would give? I would say find some unique ways outside of your corporate work environment to teach others. Find a way to leverage your own knowledge and skill outside of your day-to-day work. An example for me that I have found to be one of my most wonderful, challenging learning experiences in the last in the last six months is I've been teaching at Portland State University as an adjunct professor in the MBA program. And so teaching an organizational management class to very bright, brilliant leaders of today and in the future, I've learned so much from them, through them. And it's in a setting that I am not exposed to on a regular basis, but I, I learned a lot. They gave me some great feedback about what was working and what wasn't working for them. And so I would say find ways to be in different settings than what you're normally used to, what you're comfortable with. Volunteer to teach a class at a local community college. Volunteer to design a leadership offsite for somebody and facilitate it for your own learning experience. It's cheaper than you know going to pay for a class for three days. So, and you'll gain a ton from it. Totally, growth happens on the other side of discomfort, and going and doing those new things will often teach you so much. Uh, Lori, this has been great for anybody listening who wants to get in touch with you and talk more. What's where's the best place for them to go? They could Aspen Group Consulting is uh, my own little practice. Even though I have collaboration and partnerships with lots of different um, colleagues and trusted advisors, that's a, a one stop to reach me. Probably the best AspenGroupConsulting.com. All Aspen. one word, AspenGroupConsulting.com. 
All right, aspengroupconsulting.com. We'll put a uh, link to that in the show notes as well as a link to go grab tickets to our conference coming up later this year, the Talent Development Think Tank. Laura, I hope to see you there. It has been great having you on to share some of your advice and experience and wisdom, uh, especially around diversity and inclusion and innovation and culture. So thank you again for coming on the Talent Development Hot Seat. Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. If you're looking for a place to connect with colleagues and peers from your industry and find out what other people in talent development are working on, you need to check out the brand new Talent Development Think Tank membership community. Inside, we have members from companies all over the world who are working on all different things in talent development and sharing what's been working, what's been not working, and answering each other's questions so we can all get our jobs done more effectively and be more successful in our careers. If you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you. Just head on over to tdtt.us slash community, and you can use code HOTSEAT for 25% off your subscription. That's tdtt.us slash community and use code HOTSEAT for a limited time for 25% off your subscription. If you have any questions, reach out to me and let me know and we'll see you there. Thanks for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you got value out of this show, please subscribe, leave a review and share with your colleagues and friends. We want to spread the word and add as much value to the talent development community as possible. And we need your help. As always, you can find more information and connect with me at talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Take care.